to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Demonosophy 2.0 with your host, Paul Frederick. So greetings and welcome to Daemonosophy. My guest today is Mr. Brian Werner. Brian Werner is the vocalist for the death metal band Vital Remains. He was a founder of the Satanic Temple and he owns five businesses and is vice president of Lifted Laboratories. And to me, that sounds like a satanic entrepreneur. Brian, welcome to the show. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, man. <laughs> well, it's super awesome to have you on here, dude. I've been seeing your stuff uh, out there online in various various different resources. That's, see, that's the weird thing. I've been seeing your stuff through such different avenues that my interest was peaked at a certain stage. And so I'm so excited that we're finally coming together um, to have this conversation. So I first became familiar with you from a YouTube video that was your a resignation from the Satanic Temple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started watching it and, and, and you know, I just, I, I got pulled into it because everything that you were saying was so um, informed and intelligent as far as your, your knowledge and your background on the left-hand path, your understanding of the Satanic philosophy um, was really on point. And, and one of the points that you made was that um, Satanism uh, represents a system for self-development and personal success, you know? And, and, and you, know the, you know, I come from the Setian background, so we talk about uh, the word kefir and become, and like, you know, the reason for this system is that we want to like do something awesome with ourselves uh, and make ourselves awesome in the world. And I think that's such an important aspect of Satanism that is like, uh, well, it gives it gives it gives life it gives life purpose. Yes. It it, it brings it it brings uh, meaning to existence. Yes, absolutely. So, how did you um, how did you find the left hand path? How did you first come in contact with these ideas? Um, I mean, I'm Italian, so <clears throat> I was raised Catholic, even though I got some Jewish blood in me. Um, and it just, like I said before in several other interviews, man, it just never took with me. You know, I would, uh, only time I would sit in CFM class and they would ever have my attention is when they were talking about hell and the devil. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You're right. <laughs> Even from the ages of like six, seven, eight years old, like, you know, that just was always attracted to it. Um, the principles that they set forth never made sense to me either. You know, do unto others as you want others to do unto you. I'm like, yeah, well, what if this guy punches me in the face? You know, I'm supposed to be nice to him. I'm like, that, no. And, but however, you know, with that good old Catholic guilt and, and the scare tactics that religion tries to indoctrinate into children, obviously, there was the, the fear aspect that kept me clinging to it until I was about, I don't know, 12, maybe 13 years old when I started to develop my adult brain a little bit more, you know. Um, and it was right around that time, like 92, 93, I started getting into metal and I started realizing through music that there was a lot of other people out there that felt the same way that I did. 
you know, I started reading the lyrics to Slayer and Pantera and Marilyn Manson and Sepultura and uh, King Diamond and Merciful Fate especially was a huge, huge impact on me. Um, and I started to realize I wasn't alone. Um, and that kind of gave a little bit more comfort to start to explore um, uh, against the things that had been taught to me, the Bible and the Ten Commandments. And now I was finally able to kind of put that aside for a second and start to see what else was out in the world. That's when I read the Satanic Bible at 13. Um, and I remember it scared the shit out of me just because of the title. Uh, but as I read through it, it just made more and more sense. And I had actually read through it, identified as a Satanist, and then I kind of went backwards a step about six months later when I was 14. Um, I was like, no, this is wrong, this is evil, this is how, like they always said, this is how they lure you in, and then they got you. And then I realized, I went back to Christianity for about a week, <laughs> um, that no, that wasn't the case. And then about 14 years old, I, I went back and I bought another copy of the Satanic Bible. I reread it again, and, uh, and I said, no, this is it. This is what I identify as. Um, from 15 to 17, I was pretty much homeless on the streets throughout most of my high school. My parents lived in Wisconsin. I was 100 miles away in Chicago. I got hooked on drugs and a lot of other shit, really bad shit. And I wanted to change that aspect of my life. Now, during those years, I hadn't really practiced Satanism. I'd read the book. I liked it. I called myself a Satanist, but I'd never really practiced anything. Um, when I wanted to manipulate my environment in accordance with my will and get off drugs and make a, a more positive impact for my life, because I realized I was going to end up dead or in jail. Those are the only two eventual outcomes, and neither of which I wanted for my future. Uh, so Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, actually, 1997 was the last day I used those substances. I used a lot of other substances since then, but those ones in particular that were the personal demons, um, I put those away and I read uh, Diary of a Drug Fiend by Aleister Crowley. Oh, yeah. And, and I read, and that really did help a lot, man. And there was another book called Modern Magic by uh, Donald Michael Craig. Even though it's Wiccan-ish, it did teach me specific meditation uh, techniques. It gave me a brief introduction into the Kabbalah, which then opened up the Golden Dawn writings of Albert uh, Waite and uh, you know, Crowley especially. Right after that, I read the Book of the Law, which was absolutely life-changing. Um, and then I started going back and reworking a lot of the LeVay stuff. And this time, when I went back for the third time reading LeVay's works, I had a more adept understanding of the principles and applications that he was talking about. Um, and that's when I got into the satanic rituals and Satan's speech and read the whole back catalog after that. Um, since then, I've... I, I'm not going to say I identify as a thelemite because I'm not. You know, I, fuck the OTO, fuck whore. Um, I got my own personal griefs with those organizations, like many organizations. And that's when I said, you know what, the basic tenets of Satanism is to be that lone wolf, is to be that alpha. You can't organize a pack of alphas. It, it will. It will never work. Um, but however, years ago when I was doing advertising, uh, I had a lawyer, they were two lawyers, they weren't associated with each other, but they shared an office together and they advertised, uh, together so they could split the advertising costs. And in the bottom disclaimer, it said a partnership of private PAs, a partnership of private attorneys. And that's when I met, you know, Doug, you know, Lucian, uh, from the satanic temple and uh, before that thing and ever, and I, that's the way I kind of envisioned that organization when we started it was, uh, a loose association of people allowed to do whatever the fuck they want to do. 
<clears throat> you know, we're not going to have this hierarchy and I'm on top and I have to wear the crown and, and you know, dictate downwards. Uh, and that's what me and Lucian always said was that, uh, you know, he's the diplomat on the Marines. Uh, what, how, and who I practice inside of the sanctity of my home is my business. I'm not here to proselytize what I believe to anybody. Who am I as a practitioner to tell any other practitioner you know, how to practice? It's not my place. However, I do understand the law of numbers and that we are stronger standing together as a unified front than we are trying to fight the war one-on-one. -on -one. And you know, that's why the religious right has been able to do a lot of the things that they've done over the last 30 years, everything from the PMRC to, you know, the West, uh, West Memphis three and Damian Eccles and what happened out there. Um, and a hundred other examples I can cite. So when we did it, you know, Doug was the atheistic, I was the theistic just to really highlight to the rest of the left-hand path community that this is going to represent everyone. Thelemites, uh, theistic Satanists, you know, Levian Satanists. Um, so you, you know, came, so all, so your your experience all the way through this is you came out and you were like kind of a the, you were theistic that was your perspective on satanism I'm not i'm not an atheist right <clears throat> you know um i mean there's i have conflicting views on, on certain subjects you know like i said i would never consider myself a thelemite by any means it doesn't mean i don't have the sigil of horus tattooed on the side of my head you know, and I do have the Goetia on my body. There's certain what I call relationships that I've had in my life sure. that uh, have changed. Nothing in life stays the same. You know, entities that you may identify with as a child may have only been there to be there for that period of time in your life to help you through this, to take you to the next step. So when I look at things like, you know, Luciferianism, you know, or the Goetia that, yeah, I mean, Azazel had a huge impact in my life as a child, you know, especially with music and weapons. As I got older, that started to change more, and I started to notice more and more of Osiris and Horus in my life. Uh, I can't explain it. There's just the energy that's there. We all know what happens in that ritual room is uniquely personal. Um, and I don't talk about what happens outside of that room, outside of it. So, yeah, no, ab absolutely. And you know, what, one of the things you're talking about, I think this is a very satanic quality is, is the quality of, um, expediency and, and utility and, and practicality. So if something absolutely. works for you, then you're going to take it and you're going to incorporate it into your system. And a lot of people on the left-hand path, I mean, that's exactly what happens, right? People find what works, they incorporate it into their system because um, in one sense, what everyone is doing on the left-hand path is basically creating their own system. They're creating their own magical system, their own uh, religious system. Um, and, and, and so that's why it's, it's rare to find like prohibitions against certain things because I'm, I'm totally the same way with a lot of things. Like the OTO, I mean, this is a great example, OTO and Crowley. You mentioned the Book of the Law, and when you read Crowley's Book of the Law, like his introduction to it, he's really clearly, clearly dismisses um, communism and fascism Absolutely. and even democracy as being like evil, evil things, vile things that are against, you know, the law of Thelema, outside of the law of Thelema. But his law was never fully accepted by the organization that was the OTO, right? That OTO, like they had their own constitution, which they wrote. And he never changed every, he didn't change everything in their constitution. They just agreed, yeah, we'll accept the Lima. 
and never really address the fact that it's in conflict with other goals that they have. And those conflictual goals, unfortunately, seem to have only grown more over time. No, absolutely. And like you said, you know, he denounced a lot of the, well, I mean, Crawley had his faults as well. There's a lot of things that I'm sure that we could all go yeah. into that it's like, wow, really? You know, pulling your dick out around little kids, really? You know, I'm, there's certainly reprehensible behavior in, in case in that gentleman. However, but like you said, he, he denounced communism and fascism and even democracy because those man-made institutions are beneath us as magical beings. You know, us Satanists understand that magic isn't something you do; it's something you are. Yeah, and there's and there's uh, there's and when I when I argue with Christians, I always make that same statement to them. You know, instead of being born again, why don't you just grow up? And just like you said, you know, as you know, we grow and we learn. You know, things change. You know, we're able to take contradictory evidence to uh, 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 an idea or something. You know, I've always said I don't have beliefs. I have ideas because my I can change my idea later in, in the face of truer evidence being shown to me. You can't change a belief. If you have somebody, say, that's colorblind and uh, they see the sky is purple and you can sit them down and tell them, look, white oxygen particles come in from the sun. It's broken up by the, our atmosphere here. Uh, white oxygen particles, no, white light particles come in, get broken up by the oxygen in our atmosphere. And then uh, you know, your retinas are, are diseased, you, you're colorblind, you see this is purple. Well, a person with an idea is going to go, wow, okay, I'm colorblind. The sky's really blue. I'm just, I see it as purple. Okay, gotcha. But a person that has faith and believes is going to go, fuck you. The sky's purple. I believe it. I believe it, and there's nothing you're going to tell me to do it, and I'm going to have nine kids, and I'm going to fucking teach each one of them that the sky is purple, whether they're colorblind or not. And that's where faith becomes dangerous. And so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, faith, see, faith can be powerful, and there's people that have written about it. Like, um, uh, are you familiar with uh, Napoleon, Napoleon Hill? One of these like uh, early uh, 19th century, you know, success like writers. He's the guy who came up with the mastermind principle and certain other things like this that actually get incorporated into uh, business success models and stuff, but are actually like kind of magical um, when you look at it. But one of the things that he talked about is the power of, of applied faith. And he says that the problem that a lot of people have with the concept of faith is that it's presented to you by this authoritarian that says, this is what faith is. You have to believe in this thing that we say exists and you have yep. to have faith in it. And it's, it's something that's given to you. But if you have um, a, applied faith, that's that's simply believing, having faith in your own ability to accomplish something or faith that something that, you know, because like, say you're a musician, right? So I, I, I'm sure you have this experience like. Uh, I, I used to do music too a little bit and still do sometimes, but like when you're about to do a show, you, in your mind, you cannot really understand how it's ever going to get done. Cause so many elements go into doing a show. You know what I mean? It's like all these different things have to happen and you don't really understand how it is, but you have faith, right? Because you've like done it before and you know, you know, eventually you're going to have this great feeling. And so you just like go into it with this and you always have that that slight fear as you go into it, right? Because you don't really not, understand. Please, quite, quite the opposite, man. Um, if it, I, I, I don't have faith. I know, you know, that if this doesn't go right, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chess player, man. I'm always three moves ahead. Right. If this ain't right, this ain't right, you know, then I'm going to do this, this, and this, you know. Um, and I don't get the fear. I, I get the hate. <laughs> I, I, get, I get the anger. I, I get the fucking, 
uh, I want to go kill somebody. Fucking Russell Crowe and Gladiator running out that tunnel. Like, like that's how I feel. Like, like it's like it's battle time. You know, um, I, I gotta just conjure up that that just hatred, anger, and disgust, and that, and just release, just fucking let the beast out the cage. Right. And when you get into that frame of mind, and you got those alpha waves going on, there's no fear to be had, you know. Right. And to be honest, everyone always asks me like, "What's it like playing in front of you know tens of thousands of people?" I'm like, "Those shows are easy, man. They're all faceless. It's the small club shows when you can hear what they're saying about you, and then you don't like it, and then you start talking shit back to them, and then they don't like it, and then before you know it, shit's going down, and it's like, well, you were talking shit." I called you out for it, you know. Don't be mad at me. You know, don't don't get mad at the bear when you poke him with a stick and provoke a reaction. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. Hey, so so, so now wait. Now I, I got to back up here. You said you you came out of Wisconsin. I was born and raised in Chicago. I lived in Wisconsin for a few of my teenage years, and I went back to Chicago, and I've been in Florida 18 years. Okay, so I was going to ask because I spent some time in Wisconsin. I lived in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, oh God, I'm sorry. I know. You know laboratory. Well, the main reason was because um, there was this band, the Electric Hellfire Club, that lived there. And I know Thomas well. I used to live with Chucky. I know Rick. I, I, I'm very familiar. Okay, we know a lot of the same people then um, because we like. Uh, I was in a band called Morphine Angel, and and we went and lived in Kenosha. Actually, you know, I actually I remember that. To be honest with you, I, I that name does. Very much so ring a bell. I, back in those days, I was playing in a band called Autism from Milwaukee. Whoa. So this is like, I'm talking like 96, 97, around in that area. Yeah. Right after, right after. No, that was right at that same exact. Okay, yeah. Um, and so then there was a club in. When um, what was that? When Venom played Milwaukee Metal Fest in 97 with Cradle of Filth. Oh, so. I didn't the see only that time show, but I saw I, in Milwaukee. I saw um, I saw Slayer play with uh, Unsane. I saw Milwaukee Metal Fest when they had well, Peter Steele was or Carnivore was there, and um, uh, that was a couple years earlier. Okay, and then I saw Peter Steele also play there, and then there was a there was a goth club. The music we were doing was more gothic at the time, and so we were yeah, going to um, a club called Sanctuary. Yeah, no, the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I went to the sanctuary a hundred times, dude. We probably like hung out with each other back then. <laughs> and uh, Mad Planet too. Yes, the fucking Mad Planet. Uh huh. No, I saw bands uh, play there too. Um, I might have even we might have even done a show there. Um, I can't remember, but we did show. Morphine Angel played at at uh, that sanctuary club like a couple of times. Um, the sanctuary had the big coffin and the casket right in the middle of the bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. No, it was so I, gothic. I that's that's like you know that's like a bygone era. There was people there playing like the Vampire the Masquerade game, you know. Yeah, it was like yeah. so right in the middle. That was like the golden age of like goth back then, really. You know. Um. um yeah. You know, I only got so far into goth. I, I like the imagery. I like the art. I hate the music. Um, I hate the pussification of goth males where it's like you want to act like you're so 
non-conforming. Dude, if me and you were in prison, you'd be sucking my dick. Yeah. yeah you know, there is nothing threatening about you in any way, shape, or form. You couldn't be more of a makeup-wearing beta male to me. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like, there, there's nothing, you know, you wear your fangs and your eyeliner and your, you know, cool, great, but then don't act like you're some big Billy badass either. Because I'll take you down to the gym, we'll fucking put you in the octagon, and we'll shut the cage door behind you. And then, you know, these are the, and that's why a lot of those people adapted to that culture because they were the kids that got beat up in high school. And, you know, and fair enough, so was I. You know, I was the kid that got fucked with and picked on. But you know what? Some of us learned to stand our ground and stand right. up for ourselves and show no fear. Yeah. And others, you know, continue to run, cower, and hide well into their 30s. Oh, exactly. So, no, hundred percent, man. Um, I'm I'm the same way. You know, I came from like high school. I was like the uh, the nerdy kid, the nerdy, you know, proto gothic punk type person. You know, this is like you know in the '80s and stuff. And um, and my turnaround. You know, this is the other thing you mentioned that I that I identified with is like oh, I found the Satanic Bible when I was 13. I think everyone who really like fucking gets into the movement, they found the Satanic Bible right around when they were 13 or so. And yeah. when you read that book at that time, and when you when you're in a situation in life where you're kind Those of like four, out on your own, and you need something, right? It's like I mean, that's the first thing I read that said, "No, you are powerful." You just need to take responsibility. Take responsibility for your existence, and you have everything exactly. that you need. You know, and your exclusivity Absolutely. that makes you better than everyone else, right? It doesn't make you worse than everyone. It makes you you're actually like better and stronger than everyone else. And 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 that was when I turned it around and I started to really stand up for myself and say, No, I can I can do this. You know, I can I can make this happen. Oh no, you're you're a hundred percent right. You know. Um, there's a saying I like to say too that you have to melt steel before you can forge it. You know, so we all had to go through those rites of passage uh, of to know what it's like to be beaten down and broken inside and, and hopelessness set in and depression. You have to go through that. that that's your trial. Yeah, <clears throat> it's what you do with it that defines who you are. Do you take it and and use it as a strength? There's a great line from that band Hatebreed where Jamie says, uh, hold on to your hate. It'll help you stay focused. Mm -hmm. You know, that when you got nothing left and you're just trying to find that last will deep down inside, that feeling of I can't let these motherfuckers win, you know, can sometimes be that last, you know, as gay as it is, a fucking Packers analogy, that last Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary, you know, that ends up getting caught in the fucking end zone. Um, I hate the fucking Packers, by the way. We'll just include that. <laughs> I'm a devout bear fan. Fuck the Green Bay Packers. Fuck bears. I was a de facto. So when I lived there, I was a de facto Packers fan. Look, Thomas, you know Thomas Sorg. You know he's a motherfucking Packers fan. There's oh, no dude, way yeah. around that, man. If you're gonna roll with Thomas, then you're gonna be down with the Packers. Nope, uh, it ain't happening. That's one of the reasons me and him don't like each other. <laughs> that was the that was the basis of your of your of your um of your uh, dis 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 friendship. Uh, there was that, and there was there was a uh, interaction between me and him online, and I didn't know it was him. That fucking Gilmore had called me out for saying something in a satanic temple thing, which he was just really pissed that we put up the Baphomet monument when, you know. And when we did that, man, you know, to me that was a symbol that everybody from the left hand path could universally agree with. 
that this is creativity at its finest. Oh, there it was, was. You know, when that was happening in the media, because, of course, I was like sitting, you know, I'm, I, I was over here in my in my world um, and, and seeing that stuff happening in the media. It was like, wow, this is intense. And, you know, I think I mean, you're right. I think most people were behind it. You know, they thought that's that's an oh, awesome thing. Oh, no, it's there, amazing there, there, that it's there, happening. There wasn't. There was a lot of criticism from the left. And there was a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I believe, was kind of like Gilmore kind of saying, oh, fuck, why didn't I think of this? Um, you know, and I'd been in contact with Boyd, you know, at that time, too, for the first time in my life, which was a hell of an experience, just to even email the guy back and forth. And, you know, Boyd had told me, fuck Gilmore, you know, if the doctor was here today, he would be very impressed with everything that you guys have done. The doctor loved public stunts like this, mm -hmm. and you've used the system against itself. And we just wanted to put something up, you know, for all of us. Uh, well, it didn't have breasts. No shit. It's going in front of a fucking government building on public display. And we our end game is to actually accomplish this. So sometimes the ends have to justify the means. I got to take the obscenity out. That's why we also put in a little white girl and a little black boy. So it's gender neutral and multicultural. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. way they couldn't say, well, this is being put up by white men. You know, we tried to cover every angle and basis to see that our goals were accomplished. Um, and we thought that most people would have been on our side. And unfortunately, Gilmore, you know, had other things to say about it. And he was talking shit one day. So I started firing back at him. Because I'm not going to be fucking kept quiet, you know. Um, and we all know how Gilmore got the church paying off Blanche's fucking insurance payments. And then Blanche just fucking signed it over and gave it to him. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't earn it, dude. You bought it. I'm fucking telling you that right now, Peter. And then you got Thomas over there being your best buddy and shit, too. And since you've taken it over, what have you done? What, what have you accomplished? What, where, did, what, where did you take from where LeVay left off and move forward? Instead of just taking where LeVay left off and being fucking stagnant. Uh, you had the world by the balls at that time. You could have done so much and you did nothing except release a couple of books which were just blog posts of yours from online. So one day this guy starts talking shit back to me, not, not Peter, this other guy. And I'm like, dude, who the fuck are you? You know. And then he starts playing out the, the, the music card. Oh, I'm like, no, I don't think I'm cool. I think I'm very fortunate actually. I sing for a band that I grew up absolutely in love with i know i'm not glenn benton i'm not trying to be glenn benton but you know what i'm i was i'm not gonna lie and say i wasn't a fan as a child absolutely so to me i kind of feel like more like a death metal mark Wahlberg, where you know I, I get to go and perform on stage with a band that i grew up listening to since i was 15 years old you know hell yeah that, that's that's fulfillment of my existence you know achieving my goals so and this guy was talking shit and i realized the guy talking shit was thomas thorne and then, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's fire back a couple rounds. I'm like, what have you done since 1996, 97? Um, and I'm not going to get into this shit talking, but, you know, and this is a couple years ago, but I will always defend myself. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to come at me with criticism, you better fucking expect it to be, get deflected right back. Right. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And if you're going to provoke that reaction out of me, don't be mad if my, uh, Final conflict is stronger than your first strike. Right. I don't throw the first punch. I throw the last. <laughs> right. So, so let's uh, let's so so getting back to the 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 satanic temple, we're talking about you're putting up the uh, um, the Baphomet statue. So so where did things where did things go from there? Oh, I'll, 
Alkali and all the little dirty secrets I didn't want to say in that resignation video, and I'll start calling fucking people out left and right on this one. What happened was initially, it was me. I don't call. I, I refuse to call him Lucian. You know, that's Doug. Um, there was there was me, Doug, and Kevin, and his real name is Kevin, not Malcolm. And uh, Kevin was kind of like the guy and the money guy behind the scenes. <clears throat> and then it started with the Rick Scott protest in Florida. Um, Rick Scott passed a law allowing for open prayer in public school. So the Satanic Temple, before I joined, had a, uh, a rally at the state capitol here in Florida. And it wasn't even Lucian as the spokesperson, Doug as the spokesperson. It was a fucking uh, some other guy. And um, that's when I, I saw the, the organization. I was like, wow, this is, you know, let's do something with this. And right after that, they started, we started doing the uh, Adopt-A-Highway program in New York just to kind of comedically force them to put up the blue signs on the freeway, you know, that says Adopt-A-Highway sponsored by the Satanic Temple, promoting satanic civil awareness and social responsibility. <clears throat> and um, it was kind of a joke about it, you know. And then right after that, uh, they, we did the, uh, the Westboro. We found out where Fred, when Fred Phelps was still alive, we found out where his mother was buried. We went and held the same-sex ceremony over the grave of Fred Phelps' mother and <laughs> almost got harassed. There's a whole bunch of fucking drama with that. Then we came out with the Baphomet campaign. And yeah, it started because the state of Oklahoma put up a monument of the Ten Commandments at the state capitol building. I believe wholeheartedly as a proud patriot that uh, government should be secular. And there's a separation between church and state. And their argument was, well, it was built with private funds. Okay, well, then fuck you. Well, then so am I. You know, there, there should not be, this should not be here. Well, we have, you know, that's what we base our laws on. No, we don't base our laws on that. There's only two out of the Ten Commandments that are actually laws, stealing and killing. Other than that, coveting, adultery, lying, worshiping other gods, these are perfectly legal things in an American legal system, you know. So we didn't get our, our legal fees from that. So the, your argument is arbitrary. So then we put it up on uh, – the crowdfunding thing is kind of a joke, you know, sent the press release out. And then before you know it, we were up like $36,000. Like we, we, we really didn't expect to have this much. And then I didn't think at the time to question who the money was coming from and where the money was coming from. There was a couple of big donations for $10,000 plus dollars. And I just was thinking, you know, private individual. I never thought to question it. I found out later you know, where that money really comes from. Um, and so we started building the monument. We hired the artist. I was like, wow, fuck it, dude. It looks like we're really doing this. And then I started, you know, Doug had given me the, honor, the honorary title of high priest, being that I was the first one there with him and Kevin. <clears throat> uh, I was the only one to ever receive this title because at the time, there was only three of us in the fucking organization. There was nobody else. There, there was only like fucking three, maybe four people, if you consider uh, Alethea and Adam. So you are and, the first high priest of the Satanic Temple. There was there was Kevin and Doug who were the directors and administrators, and then I was the first person to come along and, and officially join the organization. Okay. Um, Doug was going to school in Harvard. My band Vital Remains is from Providence. You know, we met up face to face many times when I was at practice, and we decided to kind of really push and move this thing forward. Um, I've slept in Doug's bed when I was sicker than a dog mid tour and Doug actually fucking slept on the couch. And, you know, I remember 
back in the day, I was dying sick and I had like two days off and Doug's like, dude, just come over to my house. You can go sleep in my room, in my bed and not have to be in the hotel, you know, whatever you need. You know, and he was a guest in my house. I mean, dude, we were very, very close friends for a long time. And, and even now I haven't talked to him in a while, but you know, I still have nothing but love and respect for me and him went through a lot of shit together, you know, getting to where we were. Fortunately, later on comes a girl named Jex Blackmore, who really brought, she was the one that brought in the fucking liberal feminism fucking bullshit and raging jealousy and just wants to stand in this. It, it, it started, and I never even knew her fucking name for six months. Doug would just say this chick in Detroit, this chick in Detroit. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's some fucking chick in Detroit. Then all of a sudden, I start seeing these chapter heads popping up, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa what's, what's all this shit here? I thought we weren't doing any of this. Mm -hmm. You know, who gave her authority to start doing this? And then when the bathroom monument was being constructed, it was being done here in Florida. <clears throat> so Doug uh, flew out with a reporter from Vice and Jax. Now, if you've ever seen my vehicle, I have a two-seater Mercedes with a license plate that's a Satanist. Mm -hmm. So I had to pick Doug up from the airport and the guy from Vice and Jex were at the airport. And I'm like, well, I can only fit one person in my car. My car only has two seats. So, Doug, you're coming with me. The rest of y'all are going to have to figure out how the fuck. Well, how are we getting there? Ah, that's your fucking problem, dude. It ain't, it ain't my. I don't know you. That's my boy. He's coming with me. And Doug's like, later, you know. And so I'm out. And, uh, and then we got out there. And then they didn't take any pictures of Jax. They only took pictures of me and Doug holding up the pieces of the monument and stuff like that. Um, and then we go to dinner with a guy named David Williamson from uh, American Atheists and the guy from Vice. And then... Jax realizing she's not getting any of the attention that she wanted, you know, is just going off on these leftist SJW fucking tirades at dinner. So I just started, I wasn't in the mood to hear it, but I didn't want to seem like an asshole. So I just started countering everything she had to say with quotes from Bill Burr just to like, you know, alleviate the tension and just like really just fucking put her down because I knew she's dumb enough to not know who Bill Burr is. She's like, oh, yeah, well, let me ask you this. Why does a man get paid more money to do the same job as a woman? I'm like, I'll fucking tell you why. In the event that there's a house fire or some sort of hostage situation or we happen to be on some sort of boat that's going down for some fucked up reason, you get to leave with the kids and I got to stay. That's why I get a dollar more an hour. Uh -huh. I'm like, you want to talk about equality? Great. Put Ronda Rousey in the cage with a man. Let, let, let's see women trying to try out for the NBA and the NFL. You know, let, let's uh, let's get rid of all of your fucking stupid women, woman only organizations. And we're going to make them all gender neutral, you know, up to and including everything. You want to fucking take away Boy Scouts? Cool. We're going to take away brownies and I'm going to have a bunch of fucking truck playing mud playing boys in your fucking brownie troop and your fucking uh, gymnastics classes and your dance classes. You know, the loud, annoying, obnoxious little boys that can't be controlled. Yeah, I'm going to go put them into your little girl activities now. Well, oh, oh, no, so you don't want that. So you don't want inclusion on your side. You just want to be included on the other side without, you know, give and take. No, it really like, means a lot of times that when people present that the way, like, I, I think that she probably presents that is that what they really want is special treatment, right? Exactly, 100%, 100%, absolutely. And that's what I told her. I was like, you know, if you want special treatment, you know, I will come over there and I will punch you in the fucking mouth. Just like, I, yeah, well, you can't hit me. Why? Because you're a girl? I thought you just said women were equal to men. You know, if you were a dude and you were running your mouth right now, just like just like you are, I would probably get up from this table, I would slap the living shit out of you, and I would sit back down and I would have my dinner. Well, violence is never the answer. No, violence is always the answer. Might is right, 
And if me and you have a disagreement and I get up and I kill you, the disagreement is over. So, um, and which is really funny because the satanic temple really tries to get away from that might is right philosophy. But if you, God, what the fuck was Shane's last name? The guy that uh, re-released might is right. Shane, um, I know, I know you know who I'm talking about. Um, not, not Michael Moynihan. Um, no, Shane, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to fucking Google this shit. Well, which is really funny because if you look at that re-release of Might is Right, Lucian Greaves did the artwork for the fucking book. So, you know, it's funny how the Satanic Temple tries to get away from this philosophy, but when you read the book, it's his fucking artwork and he collaborated on the fucking book. Yeah. No, it's 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 they they they've gotten into a, a position with like a a a philosophical meme that is incompatible with another philosophical meme because Satanism, Levey's Satanism was born. I mean, he was rebelling against Christianity. He's rebelling against a lot of things. Christianity, yeah, but yeah, also he was rebelling against the Wiccan white light movement, which was completely aligned with the left wing politics of the sixties. And that's another thing that he was trying to say that we know this is exclusive from that. This is a different philosophical system than that. And so what is happening now is that these two factions are they're kind of trying to fit, fit these two things together. And inevitably, it's 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 never going to inevitably fit together. One one piece of it is going to lose. And it's it's probably I mean, I hear like um, like there's uh, some uh, TST oriented podcast that I hear every once in a while, and they're 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 uh, criticizing um, the Satanic Witch, right? That book, The Complete Witch. I mean, his his concept yeah. of women that cannot survive, and so they're already starting the game of well, his ideas were like kind of antiquated, and it's going to be and the next step is they're just going to surgically remove Anton Lavey from the whole piece and like make up a new meme where it all existed, you know, before before him, you know. Well, and you could say that too with Ayn Rand, you know, and and Ragnar Redbeard, you know what I mean. Um, so it did. This, I, I believe that there's been multiple people that have had the same philosophy throughout the ages. Yeah. And every few, every few decades, it gets needs to get regenerated. No, it does. Um, it's like a new face appears for it because I think. I mean, you mentioned Ayn Rand. Um, and you know, I think the, the values, it's the values at the core of the philosophy. It's, you know, you go from Ayn Rand to the church of Satan, it's the same value cluster, but over in the left wing white light world, that's a different value cluster. That's a value cluster of self-sacrifice and egalitarian and force. Basically we have to force everyone to be the same rather than letting individuals you know, compete freely to, you know, uh, to whatever for success or excellence or, or whatever they're looking for. Right. And it's like, that's like, and, you know, where like, you know, uh, you know, Ayn Rand, LeVay, and, and there's a lot, you're right. There's a lot of other people who can go back in time and go through the Enli- enlightenment, you know, and talk about, you know, John Locke and probably a lot of other people, but it's like a values thing that goes through time and you're right. It has to be re rearticulated like every few years it has to be rearticulated so people can hear it again it's a it, i don't identify with right or left i'm a satanist those are beneath me but if i had to align myself with any political party it would probably be more libertarian than anything um but i despise the party and and the people associated with it uh the values i i can agree with i i have no problem supporting done rights for gay married couples 
Sure. You know, that, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely fine with me. So they can protect their marijuana fields and not be forced to have to bake cakes they yeah. find offensive. 100%. Uh, yeah. These same people that they want universal health care, I say I want a free market. You know, uh, well, we want to control this. Well, that's my right to defend myself isn't given to me by a piece of paper. Self-preservation will always be my highest of laws. And, well, well, what happens if, uh, you know, well, if they make guns illegal, people won't get them. Where are they going to find the guns? I'm like, I don't know. Down on the corner. Out here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it's absolutely, and it's written by weak people, weak of character, weak of value, weak uh, of person. Um, they are the ones that were. were I, I just, it's just, I got no other word for it other than weak. I can't think of anything more descriptive because that's exactly what it is. There are these are the people that are still living with their parents in their late twenties, early thirties. Me, I couldn't wait to get the fuck out. You know, no, let me out into the world. No, they're scared of the world now. You know, they're scared of, of you know not doing this or they're scared of getting into a confrontation. That's why you see people with big mouths running their shit online. Meanwhile, when they're an inch or two with inside a kicking distance, they don't have a fucking word to say. You know, talking shit behind my back just means that you respect my presence enough to know not to say that shit to my face because you know what would fucking happen to you. Um, well, you know, you're not some big you know what? You're right. And, and I fight with dudes every day. I train MMA three to four hours a day. You know, I fight with dudes that are a lot better than me, that are a lot bigger than me, that could fucking murder me if they wanted to. Still not afraid of them. You know, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, you can, you might be able to beat my ass. I guarantee you, you're walking away with a broken nose and a missing tooth in the process. You know, it, is is the fulfillment of your goals worth it? And your goal being to continue to criticize and run your mouth and forced me into doing something I don't want to fucking do. And I didn't want to have that position when we went on with the Satanic Temple. That's why I was like, you know, look, it's not my job to proselytize to you. If you come to me and ask me a question, I will tell you. I will stand up. I'll, I'll be in the one in that fucking bullseye that, you know, the Christians and the Muslims and everybody want to fucking murder. That's fine. I'll be that. Uh, but I'm doing that to stick up for your right to make your own choices, for you to have your right to say, do you want to follow the Satanic Temple or, or do you want to be an atheist or do you want to be Luciferian? I'm just trying to give – I fight for the right to be left the fuck alone at the end of the day. Yeah, but, no, absolutely. I mean that that that's another way of saying, you know – um, you know, life, liberty, property, or, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's like also life, liberty, and the right to be left alone, right? And if people like recognize that, then I think it would be a much nicer place. I um I, I agree, you know. Um, and being a big Second Amendment guy that I am, uh, you know, a lot of people gave me shit because of the you know the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, which occurred right down the street from my house. Um. But just because you take that position doesn't mean you have to be a piece of shit either and not be, give back to your community. So I took, you know, my dogs up to the my Rottweilers up to the school and volunteer them as therapy dogs for the kids that were actually involved in the shooting and stuff like that. That's still my community. That's still where I live. That's still, it may not be my sanctuary of my home, but that is still my home. That doesn't mean that I'm going to fucking go sign a bill right now that's going to take away the rights of law-abiding citizens and uh, to defend themselves. Gun rights, you know what, it, it's funny because these same people are so pro-women and they don't realize that gun rights are women's rights. 
You know, when you have a five foot tall or a five foot two, 120 pound woman, and she has a six foot three, 240 pound male attacker, what do you got to level that playing field? You know, a handgun. That's what, and a bullet in the head will stop a fucking rape in a second. Um, these same people are just so promotive of Islam. That's a whole nother fucking conversation. And I mean, yes, I've had my war with the Christians, but you know what? There's times when, in the interest of truth, my grandfather always taught me there's three sides to every truth your truth, my truth, and the truth. And there's times when I have to put my own uh, proclivities aside in the interest of the truth. And when I hear Christians, saying, well, you know, this is wrong, it's, it's uh, discriminatory that you can say whatever you want about Christians, but you can't say anything negative about Jews or Muslims in, in this country. And you know what? As much as I despise their theology, they're right. I can walk around here with a fucking upside-down cross, fuck Jesus, some nun masturbating with a crucifix, and nobody's going to say shit to me. I walk around with my infidel shirt that says, fuck Allah on the back, or I walk around with this shirt on. I got people looking at me. I got you know, shit being said. God forbid in the music business you go out and say anything you know, anti-Semitic. You know, you'll be slammed immediately. And it's, you could even not even be talking about the race. You can just be like, hey, look, I don't like the Bible, the Old and the New Testaments. You know, I'm just trying to be inclusive. Of, I don't like this fucking book. Um, I'm not trying to be all Zeke hot. The way that like, you know, it's like, you know, uh, you know, government starts out with like a really good idea. You know, it's 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 a nice idea that everyone should be treated equally and there should be equal opportunity. But the way it actually gets the way they implement these things, the only way they can do it is they end up like just giving special treatment to certain groups. Right. Because, I mean, the people who like, you know, who 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 run these organizations, they don't they don't know. They're not like. They're not like, you know, God or whatever. They can't, they don't know what to do. And so they just end up like giving special treatment to people. So that's why like, you know, Islamic people now, it's like, oh, well now it's really sensitive to not say any, anything to them now um, because they're on the radar as the most uh, marginalized group. You know, they're really high on the marginalization scale. And that's what the whole game is on that side of the fence is who's got the biggest marginalization, you know? Well, they're also pretty high on the murder scale and the rape scale, too. That's so, what makes it know, so like, difficult. <laughs> you know, it's like um, I, yeah, I despise all Abrahamic religions. You know what I mean? Sorry, I got, I got the kids over here. Oh, yeah. So you got uh, Rottweilers. So that's awesome. So um, I've, got, I've got Dobermans. And um, this is what I was thinking when you're talking about, um, you know, doing your uh, you know, community service with your Rottweilers. People always want to say... You know, they want to uh, accuse you on the left-hand path of, you know, well, what about your fellow man? And you don't care about your fellow man. And it's like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that that should be voluntary, right? I shouldn't be exactly. obligated to, like, donate to some group that I don't know who these people are or I don't have any vested interest. People, you know, my tax money shouldn't go to, like, be helping people on the other side of the world that I've never even heard of before. No, but that I put causes, my money voluntarily that, into that, things, you know? You know, and taking my money to give to other people on the other side of the world that despise us. Right, that actually know? hate us, yeah. Come on. Up, up, come on. Up, come on. Sorry, puppy problems. 
That's awesome. um, 100%. You know, there was a, a hilarious video I was watching the other day of this woman, a Muslim woman who is, she's not traditional. She doesn't have the burqa on or nothing, you know. And she's just, you know, conventional Muslim woman walking around to all these gay pride parades all over the place. And all these gay men are, are like walking up to her like, yeah, my Muslim sister. Yeah, my Muslim. And she's only speaking Arabic. And she's like, you see this fucking faggot right here? His flames are going to be licking his ass. And she's saying this all in Arabic right to their faces. But they're so fucking stupid. They have no idea what she's saying to them. And then they have a translator translating this going, dude, this is what she's actually saying to these people's faces. And the next thing the guy comes out and goes, I'm here for all my Muslim siblings. And it's like, and the satanic temple tried to do that same shit after there was some attack and they said, oh, we're going to, in Minnesota, we're, we in the satanic temple are here for the Muslim community to escort you to the supermarket so nobody attacks you. Motherfucker, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, absolutely just fucking ass night. Now, I will say, I do know for a fact that Doug had nothing to do with that. That was one of the little chapter heads. That just took it upon himself to do it and gave dragged the organization's name through the mud by doing it that none of the higher-ups had any knowledge of. I do know that. I'll give credit where credit is due. You know, Anton LaVey's word for this was the good guy badge. I, 100%. Dude, I've said it all the time. Every last one of these motherfuckers, you know, well, even Manson said it, you know. Um I, I say it all the time. Take your little fucking good guy badge off. You know, it's, you know, don't break your back with all that virtue signaling that you got going on there. Look at me. This is what I'm doing. And I did have somebody talking shit about that, calling me out on doing that with, with the school shooting and the, and the therapy dog. Because I put up a post that said, uh, you know, good shout out to Brave Words for being the only news organization to put this post out. Um, and it wasn't that I was trying to pat myself on the back or, no, why did they report on me? It wasn't that. But when you look at Metal Sucks and Metal Injection and all these other metal news sites, and it's always negative shit. It's always this person talking shit or this person, this is going on. It's always this negative shit. And finally, we had a positive news story that, that presents metalheads in a positive light, you know, to the rest of the world. And then you don't report on that, whether it was me or whether it was somebody else. I wasn't trying to put a good guy badge on a virtue signal. I was just trying to, you know, highlight that, you know, even in metal, it's this gossip fucking drama queen fucking bullshit and, you know, heavy metal websites that have now gotten tours canceled. They've gotten shows canceled. They've gotten fucking people's jobs fired from. And you look at the dude that fucking writes, he looks like him and late since fucking Y2K. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. there's stories about him hitting on some 14 year old girl at an event sevenfold show, and it's like, really, dude? You know, so uh, that was the whole purpose behind that. It wasn't to you know put myself on a pedestal. It was to say, you know, hey, look, let, let, let's get rid of all the negative shit. And I'm not saying no, don't report on it. You know, okay, great. You know, a lot of the stuff is very valid and should be reported on. But you know, when there's something positive, put that in the fucking spotlight. You know. I know a couple, I'm not going to mention names, I know a couple metal musicians that do some great charity work that, you know, for cancer, you know, uh, uh, kids and they go to hospitals and guys that do that are in the community that are in famous metal bands. You know, they're not asking for praise, but uh, I would like to see more of that. So that way people can know that, yeah, you know, we're not just this one-sided entity, but there, there is always a duality there. But like you said, it's voluntary. It's not being forced to have to do it. We do it because we want to fucking do it. Yeah. I voluntarily, I voluntarily donate to the, uh, Houston, uh, Doberman rescue 
And um, there's like a wolf sanctuary out here, uh, St. Francis Wolf Sanctuary out in uh, uh, Magnolia, Texas, that I donate to regularly. Um, and also occasionally uh, the SETI Institute, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. I think that that's like a, a good cause. So um so i do something uh, i believe I in. And, you know it's like and the other thing it's like i'd rather like try and get the um you know it's it, it, i would rather do it that way than like have the government take up my money and say well we're gonna put it where we know is best because they don't fucking know what's best and they don't care about what's best they just care about perpetuating you know perpetuating their 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 own existence so um so I, to me i mean i, 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 I like that. go ahead I like, I like that speech Dan Crenshaw gave in the Senate the other day, or Senator of the House, whatever it was, where he's like, you know, the role of government, you know, isn't to take more money from people so you academic scholars can find other ways to spend people's money. Your job is to find out ways to take less of people's money and be able to do this with it. You know, it's right. not to... Well, you know, and it was, there was a great article the other day where Bernie Sanders put out this tweet on March 6th of this last month, he said, you know, in America it costs $12,000 to have a baby. In Finland it only costs $60. We need to be more like Finland. Two fucking days later, the entire Finland government resigned and collapsed over health care reform. Not fucking two days later, the entire government of Finland fucking resigned that's, because they couldn't afford to give. No, that's well, happening, in Denmark, that's happening they, all over. You know, really, when they compare, when they say, oh, we need to be like Sweden or, or, or Finland or whatever, you really Denmark. need to be looking at like, Russia and China's universal health care system is much more closer to the size and scope of what an American universal health care system well, would be. And those systems are on their last leg. They're collapsing. They're horrible. Everyone knows they're bad. Um, and that's really the example that, that, that people need to be talking about. But they always try and find these shining examples of, you know, really Sweden has like been like the main one because they've been. Well, no, Denmark, is, Denmark is the big one. Denmark and Copenhagen is always the big one. But what, they, what these ignorant fucks seem to realize is Denmark. Let me ask you something. Who pays for Denmark's military national defense? The American taxpayer. Yeah, you and me. It, it's. It's easy to give things back to your citizens when you don't pay your national defense bill. Mm -hmm. um, they also pay a 60% income tax. So I want you to think about that for a second. 60 cents on every dollar is taken away. Um, there's also an 8% sales tax. There's also a 25% value after tax. Gas over there is about 3 to $4 a liter, which is about 11 to $12 a gallon. That $22,000 Nissan Sentra costs about $38,000 over there. So nothing is free. Right. And um, by the way, they also have mandatory military service, and we all know how much you leftists love the military. And so, yeah. no, there's, you know, there's, we already have – already There's no free lunch. No, we already have a free uh, college program in this country, Army, Marines, Air Force, Navy. Go do your four years, and they will pay for your college. It's that simple. Well, I went to college and, and I got, you know, now I'm in all this debt. Well, then you shouldn't have majored in lesbian dance theory. 
you know, you, you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have majored in gender studies. If you went to a university and spent this money and you engaged into the contract for knowing as an adult what your financial responsibilities were going to be, and you picked a useless major that did not translate into a career upon graduation, those are your poor life choices. I know plenty of people that didn't go to a university that went to a two-year trade school to become an electrician or a heating air conditioning or a mechanic or a nurse or an x-ray tech or cybersecurity or computer programming uh, that learned their skill set in two to three years and are now making two to three hundred thousand dollars a year with no debt you the problem is you failed as a child you failed as an adult and now you want everyone else to feel sorry for you well i'm i, I don't feel sorry for you and the world fucking owes you nothing yeah no, it's like absolutely. It's like there, there, there is no free lunch, and there's a price for everything. And you shouldn't have to pay for other people's mistakes. You shouldn't have to pay. I shouldn't have to pay for other people's uh, bad life decisions. You have to pay for your own mistakes, and that's the only way that you. That's the only way you learn, right? That's what respons responsibility is. I, I'm responsible for me. I'm yes. not responsible for you. I'm not responsible for uh, for anybody else. You know, so that's why when the, the, the engagement comes, well, don't you think the government should? Nope. Nope. Um, nope. I don't, I don't think anything about the government. Um, they're irrelevant in my life. Well, to a point, I did have my probation officer come over to the house at 9 o'clock this morning. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, actually on probation for um, – three baby marijuana plants, which is really ironic because I'm a marijuana patient from the state of Florida and I'm allowed to smoke weed while being on probation for possessing the same weed the state tells me that I'm allowed to have. So um, there is a role of government that, you know, you may not even agree with it, but you comply with in order to, you know, have your freedom and have your liberties. You know, it's called playing the game. You know, like you said, there's no free lunch. I accepted the responsibility of my actions. I knew I was supposed to go to the pharmacy and get it. I shouldn't have been growing it. That was my bad. I know that. I accept responsibility for my actions. Why? Because I, I was taught honor. It's taught integrity. That when you fuck, there's two types of people in this world. You know, we all make mistakes. It's what you do after you make the mistake that defines your character. Right. You know, do you, do you make amends for it? Now, if I'm not truly sorry for it, well, no, I'm not going to fucking make amends for it. If I know that I was right and, you know, you didn't deserve to have this and it was taken from you, then, yeah, I'm not going to. But if I do accept the responsibility and I do, you know, generally feel remorseful for it, I'll definitely make sure that, A, you know, there's an apology given and reparations are given. Um, but again, like you said, I, I'm not responsible for what happened hundreds of years ago. I'm not responsible for what happened last week. I'm not responsible for anything that hadn't happened with me. And I've never treated anybody in my life with anything less than equality. You know, uh, across the board, um, and it's funny. Like I, you know, I remember a time I was I was actually dating a Jamaican girl, and she was pregnant with my child. And it was right when uh, the Trump election came out. I came out as a Trump supporter. Like, wow, you're just a racist Trump supporter. It's like, really, uh, my the mother of my child is you know black from Jamaica. So, do you care to finish that sentence? Um, and to me, when that card, that race card gets played, it's much like Christians playing the faith card. It's the last remnants of a person with nothing left to say, and they have no other argument when you beat them on every other intellectual front. Um, 
you know, whenever you say, well, you know, well, you know, what about this person? Well, no, well, what about this or this? Whether it be immigration or healthcare or Second Amendment or uh, and whatever the topic may be, you know, I support the three things. I support three things, personal sovereignty, individualism, and I reject any and all arbitrary authority. Um, yours, mm -hmm. God's, governments, my neighbors, my girlfriends, my parents, they, you know, like the vital remains lyric says in the first song in Icons of Evil, I proclaim this temple of flesh as the ruler to be. And that's an excellent album, man. I want to talk to you about that album, but, but the, let, let's back up. I want to know, let's, let's get back to the satanic temple. How do we get to the point where you submitted that, that resignation video on, on YouTube? So a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks before it happened, um, you know, I had a contract with Walgreens and I was making a shitload of money. Um, and I flew out to uh, Austin, Texas, to go to to hang out with Phil and Salmo and Johnny Kelly from Typo was there at the Phil and Salmo's like Housecore Fest and I uh, I rented this yellow Lamborghini for the weekend, which got a lot of metalheads really jealous. You know, they see somebody like me pulling up in a fucking Lamborghini and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. I think you I know, saw some pics of that. What, what, yeah, you know, I'm driving around with Vincent Castiglia, you know, doing 120 miles an hour, and Bill Hudson from I Am Morbid and Trans Siberian Orchestra and shit. And, you know, we had a great fucking time. Who doesn't want to fucking go in Texas and fucking take a Lamborghini on the freeway for a weekend? Fuck yeah, it was a great time. And one of the chapter heads, supposedly that Jex had hired, it fucking hit me up, and um, I think I was talking about this in the resignation video. And the guy shows up, and he's just a complete fucking moron. He's got like a Gilligan's Island kind of fucking brimmed hat on, a Hawaiian shirt with his beer belly just spilling out over it. And he's like, oh, waka, waka, waka. I'm like, what, 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 what did, dude, don't do that. Don't ever do that again in my friend. Like, did you, is that like the Fozzie from the Muppet Babies? Yeah, I think I'm like, Fozzie, dude, don't yeah. ever do that again. <laughs> You know, I'm like, and then he got to go do it. Like, again, I'm like, no, I'm serious. Don't ever do that in my presence again. You are a grown ass man. What the fuck? I'm like, and you represent the organization I helped build. I'm like, you're the public face of us here. I'm like, what do you think of it? And I started quizzing him on the satanic Bible. And he openly tells me, he goes, well, I've never actually read it. And how, who the fuck appointed you to be a chapter head? And, you know, well, Jex did. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, who the fuck is Jax? Oh, the chick in Detroit. So then I came back and then I started fucking like hammering shit down. I'm like, no, this ain't happening. This ain't happening. And then some other little fucking cum bubble fucking starts writing me online, talking shit that he's the chapter head in Louisville. And this is his friend in Austin. I should be. T I look at this guy's page. And he's got fucking my little ponies and shit all over his fucking page and talking about fucking you know, social justice issues and this and that. I'm like, okay, now I've seen what's happened here. All you little fucking pussies are trying to take what we're trying to build and to push your political agenda and use the freedom of religion argument to push this social justice agenda. I'm like, I see what's going on now. And then Little Miss Jex Blackmore, um, <laughs> Little Miss Feminist herself, you know, fucking only way she got to be that position that she's in is because she was fucking somebody else in the organization. I'm not going to say who behind her fiance's back. So the only way that she got her position is by spreading her fucking legs and then wants to stand on the soapbox of moral superiority. You know, meanwhile, she's nothing but a fucking hypocrite. 
I know I was in the next hotel room. I heard it. So there's this isn't like secondhand information. All three of us were in the same hotel room smoking one night, and you two had your hotel room. I had my own. I heard it all night long, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, she's got all this authority in, in the organization, and and it was weird because I started confronting Doug on this, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And like two three days, he wouldn't he wasn't calling me back. He wasn't replying to me. And he wasn't replying to text. And I'm like, okay, there's something weird going on here. And then I realized what was really happening. And, and I mean, there was a lot of like really just fucking dumb shit going on too. He really let a lot of people have too much control over shit. And, and you know what? Ironically, none of those people are here anymore or there anymore. And I probably still would be. For example, I owned a print shop. And I said, you know, hey, look, who, who the fuck went ahead and put up an online merch store for the Satanic Temple? And where are these shirts being printed? Oh, well, you know, our marketing person, I'm like, nigga, you realize I own a print shop. Why in the world would we ever send print work to somebody else when I have no interest in making a profit on it because it's my organization? And who the fuck is this marketing person whose name I've never even heard before? I'm like, okay, let me draw this out in very basic fucking second grade numbers for you. What is better for a business, since we are an LLC, to be paying 8 to $9 per shirt or paying $2 per shirt? Which makes more business sense? Uh, well, you know, people just don't, you know, they don't like some of the designs that you come up with. And I'm like, oh, so what? Some person that I don't know is going to try and tell me what shirts I can and cannot make for my own fucking organization? Um, and they got pissed because I made a shirt that said, fuck you, hail Satan. And I'm like, well, we really want to uh, – and I was going to do uh, Satanic Temple women's thongs. Well, we don't want to sexualize women. I'm like, then you've obviously never read The Satanic Witch. You, you know, then you are, are lacking the basic core fundamental principles of what Satanism is. And any woman that has that is knows Satanism knows where her power lies. Her power to manipulate her environment in accordance with her will and use her best strengths to her advantage. Um, I'm not saying to go out and be a whore. That's not what I'm advocating. But you know, seduction is a tool. Right. You know, strength is a tool. War is a tool. Aggression is a tool. No, that's the whole point. That's the whole tool. point of the satanic witch or the complete witch is that you know that women have an incredible amount of natural power, you know, in relationship in exactly to men, just an incredible amount of natural power, just a, a, about the sexes. Whenever I hear these arguments about sex and sex doesn't exist or there's a million different sexes, I always go and look at my dogs. I hang out with my dogs for a little while, and it reminds me, yeah. There's two fucking sexes. There are. And and there's unique things. I can tell the difference. You know, my female dogs are a little bit different than the boy, you know, and they, they interact with each other in a certain uh, way, you know. Absolutely. You know, there's a great meme I saw the other day where it's got a, a tranny talking to a doctor, and the doctor's like, okay, sir. No, it's not sir. It's ma'am. Okay, ma'am, you have testicular cancer. <laughs> so it's um you know and, and that's where I, again i'm not gonna say i i'm gonna be a huge ben shapiro supporter but there's things that he said it's like you know no sex is not malleable you know why aren't you 65 why don't you identify as a senior citizen well why because you can't change your age and you can't change your sex mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna modify 
basic biology because it offends the subjective sense of less than one half of one percent of the population. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not denying your humanity. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends that are trans. I just went out with three of them, you know, at my club, you know, a week ago. Yeah, you know, I'm not ever going to say, you know, you don't have rights or you don't have this. Dude, do what thou wilt. If that's what makes you happy, that's what makes you happy. You know, I'm not going to ever you know, and, and invade your, your privacy or, or, or try and force you to live a life that you don't want to live. You know, amen. You know, be you. I have right. no problem with that. But don't tell me that I need to take uh, a thousand years step backwards in scientific theory at the same time. You know, we know that this, you know, to always look for the truth, to always, you know, ask for evidence, to question everything. You know, um, like George Carlin always said, that. he goes, children should be taught to question everything, but parents don't like to teach us because it usually undermines their own bullshit. Yeah. No, that's yeah. one of the great uh, opening lines out of uh, the Satanic Bible, the Infernal Diatribe, where he says, I question all things. And that's something that I took a big imprint on. No, there's something good about questions. Because you come from, you talked about coming from the, um, you know, religious upbringing. For me, it was uh, more Baptist uh, religious uh, family members. But it's the same thing. It's like you ask questions. Like children just ask the most obvious question, like, you know, you know, can God create a rock so big he can't lift it? Just really, like, obvious, like, you know, contradictions, like, in the philosophy. Right. And the response is, don't ask, don't ask that question, right? You get discouraged from, like, asking, like, certain questions really early on. And I think that is part of the lie. That's part of, like, the evil uh, that has overtaken so much of uh, society right now. And that's when, you know, I make I made the joke a couple of times in forums and stuff, and people still use it against me. I don't give a fuck. I'll stick to it. They're like, well, when did you, you know, realize Jesus wasn't real? I'm like, about the same time I realized Santa Claus wasn't. And I realized yeah. that all of my people around me who I went to for advice lied to me about the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus. Why, why wouldn't Jesus be included in that? That's the other one that you guys told me. And it was the one that I didn't give me presents. Uh, you know, if the good one, if the good ones weren't real, why do I give a shit about the last one? You know, the last one never gave me nothing. Um, so I, and it's really from that age of understanding, like you just said, that you know, when as soon as you question it, now you're beaten down. Now we're going to indoctrinate you. You know, um, I, I can't. You know, I don't have kids now. I can't wait to be a parent one day, though. I can just see it now. Like Timmy, what's two plus two? Daddy keeps money in the walls because he doesn't trust banks. You know, <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, you're all good. I'm going to actually have to get ready here in a little bit. I'm going out to lunch with uh, Greg Hardy from the Dallas Cowboys and Carolina Panthers, who is a six foot seven, 290 pound black man that will fuck you up. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That boy's, uh, he's, he's fighting in the UFC coming up, man. It's one of my best friends, man. I see Greg every day. Uh, we train together at the same gym. Um, God, that guy's a fucking beast, bro. One fight was 14 seconds long, just came out swinging, you know. He's uh, he's going to make some major waves in the UFC coming up here in the next few years, man. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, try, I love training M MMA every day. I love the confrontation. I love the combat. I, I love the violence. Um, I just don't like getting in trouble and getting arrested for it anymore. <laughs> right. No, I hear you, man. I used to do uh, Taekwondo. I used to do Taekwondo like uh, in, in tournaments and stuff and – 
and I broke my foot. I broke my foot throwing a roundhouse kick against someone. They blocked it really good with the knuckle, and then I kind of got out of it for a while and got into other things. But I've come back to it like I, I did Aikido, and I've done karate and, and different things like that. And no, there's, there's nothing better for your personal, you know, you, you develop your body and your physical presence at the same time that you, you know, bring order to your psyche. Um, it's very, it's a very initiatory thing. I can't, I can't recommend like martial arts and the experience of sparring. That's the other thing you get into sparring. That's like a whole, whole, whole new thing. I actually got a pinched nerve in my shoulder right now. It's been fucking killing me. I fought my way out of a fucking arm bar about a week ago at practice. And yeah, no, that you want to talk about equality, get in that octagon, shut the cage. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's equality at its finest right there, you know. Uh, no running, no hiding. You know, it, it's, it, it's, either, it's either get killed or, or do the killing. Right. You know, so word. But, you know, this was, uh, this was fun, man. You know, I'd love to come back, you know, anytime you want me on. I, I know I've done a couple interviews with, uh, you know, Lorcan Black, you know, who is still a COS member. Um, you know, I've, I've never had anything but the, uh, less than 100% respect for Michael Aquino and Zena, even though I did play in a band with Zena's son, Stanton, for a little while, and he's a complete piece of shit. I met Stanton like uh, a few years ago, like when I was still touring my other, my uh, uh, industrial band, Asmodeus X, we played in uh, Hollywood at uh, Bar Sinister and and Stanton came to the show and I met him there and uh, I mean he's a he's a he's a nice guy the suffocation show at the Middle East with Doug and fucking stumbling back to his house drunk when I got written that night you know so it's it's funny <laughs> um, so Stanton you know I, I like the guy a lot he had a lot of demons especially when it comes to drug use he he burned a lot of people he ripped a lot of people off you know, he ripped off Marilyn Manson badly. I don't, you know, Brian can't stand him. A few others. Um, he, he did talk a ton of shit about me. And he, you know, if you met Stan, you know, he, he's a big dude. You know, he's like a fucking linebacker, man. I mean, he's a, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to fight him. I, mm. You know, I, I would if I had to. But I, then again, I would fight Arnold Schwarzenegger if I had to. Right. You know, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget one day when I was a kid, I was getting chased by, you know, three bullies. I fucking was sprinting all the way home. My old man fucking shut the door and locked the door. I was like, go turn around. You can turn around right now. You ain't running in here for your little safe space. You can turn around. You're going to go take that ass whooping and you're going to stand up for yourself. Um, so, but I, I know Stanton Stan had those supposed rape allegations too. And then he tried selling off a bunch of his grandfather's artwork you know, uh, he was constantly getting in and out of trouble, you know, and it was, it's unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen him step up and really kind of take the throne, you know, and, and really kind of take the movement back. I, I think he would have been the perfect person to be able to do that. Um, I, I loved him. I believed in him. Unfortunately, I think feel as though now that that was misplaced. But, you know, again, back to what we were talking about growing as individuals, you know, we all make mistakes. And I heard he's recently got his life back on track and he's doing well now. And, and I wish him the best. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, hope, I hope the best for him. Um, you know, because that was but, the same thing. The thing is, is like just because someone is like, you know, related to Anton LaVey, it doesn't mean that they're 
going to be able to handle being in that kind of leadership, you know, kind of position, because that's like what happened with, with Xena, like all the way through. I mean, Xena is like, you know, yeah, I mean, they're just like, I, I mean, that's just not their destiny, right? It's just not their destiny. Even though Xena tried to make it that for a while and with disastrous, uh, consequences, um, um, but I mean, just because they're bored into it, you know? Yeah. You know, and I had spoken with Diane Haggerty a few times when I was associate associating with Stanton and, and, you know, that is the satanic witch, you know, in my opinion, you know, Blanche wasn't Anton's wife. Diane was Anton's wife. Yeah, no, she wrote you most know. of the satanic Bible, like at, uh, at the typewriter, I understand. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as Vital Remains goes, man, you know, we're getting ready to hit the hit the road here in a couple of weeks, going to Europe with uh, I Am Morbid, which is basically uh, David Vincent from Morbid Angel and Tim Young playing all the old school Morbid Angel songs that everybody wants to hear, oh, you know, awesome. from like the first Altars, Blessed, Covenant, Domination. And so then, I, think, uh, you know, Atrocity. I think Morbid Angel, that's one of the bands I saw at Milwaukee Metal Fest that one year that I went to that. I think I think I saw Morbid Angel. They played there many, many, many times. And uh, it's, it's them, it's us, and then Atrocity from Germany and uh, Sadis. So uh, a awesome. month-long tour in Europe. Uh, it'll be uh, yeah we're actually hitting uh, a couple countries on this run that i personally have never played before like finland um which would be really cool um getting to play helsinki for the first time so that'll be a lot of fun um and i'm playing it you know being a full-blooded italian you know uh playing italy on my birthday this year and so oh my God, that's I'm, gonna be uh, so awesome i bet that's gonna feel so good yeah that, that that'll that'll be fun man that'll be a fun show so um I got a, I got in some shit recently. I'll see, we'll see how how much the Italian fan. I had a lot of Italian fans pissed at me recently. Uh, one of the owners of a record label put up a joke on Facebook. It was like rules for submitting a demo, and it was like a satirical twenty you know bullet point thing of what not to do. And the last one said, "If you're from a country, I'm not going to say who, but they have really good pizza and pasta. Don't even bother sending me the demo." And I left a comment that said, "Shittily." And the next thing you know, I got like Rock Hard Italy and all these magazines in Italy like, oh, you disrespected the Italian fans. I'm like, dude, I have Italian pride tattooed on my forearms. You know, like I couldn't be a more proud Italian. Is political correctness gone so far that I can't even tell a simple joke about my own fucking heritage? You know, I'm, I'm making fun of myself when I make that statement. You realize that, right? Like. I don't mean, you know, I don't mean any disrespect. And then I came back and I said, uh, you know, Italians, you know, besides, we already know we're the best. You know, Armani, Versace, Ferrari, Lamborghini, oh, yeah. the Sistine Chapel, oh, yeah. Michelangelo, Da Vinci. Hell, God himself came down from the heavens and questioned our Roman authority. And we hung that motherfucker on a cross next to two thieves. How many people <laughs> on the face of this earth can honestly say that they murdered the physical embodiment of God himself? No, that's so, right, man. No, you got that claim, man. It's all you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyways, no, so you're going to uh, be feeling that way. You're going to be feeling like in Clockwork Orange, you know, where like uh, Alex is like reading the Bible and then he imagines that he's like a Roman soldier, like whipping Christ. That's like how you're going to feel when you're on stage playing there. 
I couldn't. Uh, I could never get through that movie, man. I've I've only ever watched it beginning to end once, and I think I fell asleep like twenty times. Wow. Only Stanley Kubrick film I could ever get into was Full Metal Jacket. That's a good one too. I like all of his films. Yeah. You know the try reading um, A Clockwork Orange. If you didn't like the movie, try reading the book sometime because it's actually all about it's all about socialism. I mean, that's what he's like writing about oh, yeah. is like, you know, socialism taking over. So, well, anyhow, dude, man, it's been a great conversation. I hope you'll come back again sometime and we, we can dive in. Deeper. There's so much other shit I wanted to get into with you that, you know, gosh, we're like uh, an hour and a half of this. Um, so there's like lots more we can cover. So um, I hope you like just yeah. fucking rock it hard out there, dude. Any Anytime, my brother. Shahem Farash. Hail Satan. All right, man, Jim Hanferash, rock it hard over there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Hail Satan.